This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Sunday, November 14th. Up week 10, heading to week 11, and this is the week 11 look ahead lines show. Used to be a YouTube exclusive, now in the podcast feed as well. But you can watch us on YouTube. We have live shows after the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, the Thursday night game, Thursday at 1 p.m., Tuesday at 1 p.m. So many live shows on YouTube. You're missing out if you're not hanging out with us in the chat. It's you're basically at the bar with us as we record, so to speak. Uh, joining me to break down the episode, go to YouTube and subscribe. Hit the like button if you're watching. And uh, give us your best week 11 bet out of the early odds. Joining me to break down those odds, the one, the only, John Breach. Breach, what's up, buddy? Brinson, I'm glad that there's an audio option. This is not a YouTube exclusive because some people don't want to stare at us for 20 minutes while we talk football. You just rather listen to it because we have distracting faces. That, that is true. Just like distractingly handsome faces. Yes, uh, I will point out that just want people to know that this week seems to be a tide turning, a shift Ooh. in the pick standings. Ryan Wilson, four and eight, heading into Sunday night football. Rut row. Yeah, boy, nine and three. Let's get hot. I'm now just 13 games below 500, um, but it's better than whatever it was before. And we're going to try and stay warm heading into next week. It begins on Thursday Night Football with the Patriots heading to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Um, classic example of how this league is up and down. The Falcons were back, and then they got blasted back into like week three by the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. The Patriots took care of business despite missing their number one running back in Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers caught his first ever NFL touchdown catch, and Ramondre Stevenson had two trips to the end zone. The Pats are five and a half point favorites at Atlanta with a total of 46 and a half in this game breach. Uh, my favorite part of the Falcons blowout was that they lost to Dan Quinn and that the Cowboys had a 28 to three lead. Yeah. I'm sure Dan Quinn is probably still laughing about that right now i don't know if dan quinn finds 28 to 3 funny though i well he might now that he was on the right side of it um as for this patriots falcons the the patriots are like the hottest team in football i know the titans have a longer winning streak but new england is covered in four straight games and they're not just covering you're literally like you can spend your money at halftime because they're blowing people out i mean we saw them beat the browns 45 to 7 they beat the panthers by 18 they beat the jets 54 to 13 and i know you're saying oh it's the panthers it's the jets but the browns are supposed to be a good team and you know what panthers and jets aren't losing by 40 points to these other teams they're only doing it to the patriots it just feels like this team is really hitting its stride we do the defense is going to be good mac jones is getting better every single week uh, when it comes to Thursday football, when I see a coaching mismatch, I am always taking the better coach. And Bill Belichick 
versus Arthur Smith feels like a coaching mismatch. Uh, so I am going to roll with the Patriots here to cover the five and a half. Yeah, I'm not sure how much this line will move because it's five and a half on the road, you know, on a short week. It would be pretty unusual for this to get like, I don't think it's approaching seven because then you're, you're going to get serious buyback and, and people will start, you know, uh, the sharps will start hammering the the Falcons at plus seven. So I don't think it'll move a ton, but I agree with you. I also like the Patriots. Atlanta is um, like, I don't want to just, I mean, I don't want to rip apart the, the, the Falcons here, but if you look at, we talked about this. I mean, look, they're probably, I don't know if they're fraudulent four and five. And can you even be a fraudulent four and five? Their wins are against the giants, the jets, the dolphins, and and then the Saints without you know coming off of that that Jameis Winston they lost Jameis Winston his first you know they lost the, lost Jameis Winston in the game I guess uh, on that on that Halloween no no that was last week sorry Halloween uh, Falcons played the Panthers my point being is that Atlanta does not really have any impressive wins and they have multiple times where their offense has gone out there and scored just very few points more importantly their defense is bottom five in rush defense DVOA and no one is running the ball as well as the Patriots right now. This Patriots team feels like a two. I mean, I don't want to get hyper hyperbolic here. Actually, you know, I always get hyperbolic. I'll, I'll get hyperbolic. Anyway, this feels like 2001 for the Patriots. They're running the football really well. They are, have this sort of clutchy young quarterback granted drafted much higher than Tom Brady, but you know, he's not being asked to do too much. And only 184 spots higher. That's only 184 spots higher. That's right. And they're just making plays on defense. This is a good team. It's what Bill Belichick wanted. And it's the exact type of team that's going to give the Falcons a ton of trouble. I also think the under is a good look here. When we look at the Pats, um, you know, we saw it. They, uh, you know, they, they're not, they're not scoring. They're five and one in the conference, by the way. That's really important for for potential tiebreakers uh, moving forward. But they scored. I mean, they they put forty five points on the Browns. That's like they're blowing out bad teams. But I think on a short week, Bill Belichick is going to come into this game. We don't know if Damian Harris will play. I don't think it necessarily matters. Ramondre Stevenson looked awesome, and they'll be able to pound the ball in Atlanta and put pressure on Matt Ryan. And we've seen Matt Ryan when he's not playing a cupcake defense. He, he's playing good football, but when he's not playing a cupcake defense, he struggles if Thanks. anybody has any type of pass pass rush pressure. So I like the Pats here too. I think the under, we could see that number drop down. Um, but for, for so if I'm betting anything early on this, it would be that under 46 and a half. But I do like the Patriots in that spot. The Colts held barely held off the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. On Sunday, meanwhile, the uh, the Buffalo Bills got right against the New York Jets, and that's why the Bills are minus six and a half with an over-under of 50 this game, of course, on CBS. Well, I mean, the Bills can't really make fun of the Colts for barely beating Jacksonville because the Bills lost to Jacksonville. Correct. Uh, definitely was a get-right game. When I look at this game, though, here's interesting. You want a fun fact, Brinson, about the Indianapolis Colts? I always love fun facts. They are 5-5 five and five this year. They are 5-0. and oh when they rush for 125 yards or more and 0 and 5 when they rush for 125 yards or less. Now you might say, eh, who cares? Well, it's 5 and 0 versus 0 and 5. And I think a big reason is because the Colts offense depends so much on them being able to run the ball and Jonathan Taylor being able to run the ball. Cause that says up, that sets up Carson Wentz's play action that puts less pressure on Wentz. You talk about how Matt Ryan doesn't deal well with pressure. Carson Wentz doesn't necessarily deal well with pressure. And so they have to be able to run the ball to win. And now 
They have to go face a Buffalo Bills defense that's only given up 83 yards per game on the ground. I think that is the third fewest rushing yards in the NFL. Uh, So they're tough to run the ball on. So I think this is going to be low scoring. I don't think the Colts are going to be able to put up very many points. I'm still not sold on the Bills offense. Sure, they put up 45 against the Jets, but it was against the Jets. Uh, So I am going to take the Colts. To I think Buffalo scores be like twenty to seventeen or twenty three to twenty Buffalo, so I'm going to take the Colts to cover. Hmm, interesting. I would lean towards the Bills right now. I think, but I'm not necessarily you know sold on it. And at, again, at six and a half, you know, like this line is not going to go shooting up past seven. Like it, it, you know, same sort of thing with the Patriots. Obviously, it's at home. Now, there's a major injury, of course, that, that could change. But I would be really surprised if the Colts were catching se- a touchdown or more. I mean, the Colts are a functional, uh, you know, decent, above-average team in the AFC. The Bills scored six points against the Jaguars less than two weeks ago, but they did get right against a bad Jets team. You know, I don't think they'll necessarily just be able to have their way on offense against Indianapolis, but I, I feel confident in Josh Allen. They they got back to what works. Stephon Diggs. Like, don't run your offense through Cole Beasley. Dawson Knox being back is a huge plus for them because he's so big in the blocking game and can and sort of like a really like a I don't know a homeless man's George Kittle, but he he he's a critical component for them. And we saw their offense sort of peter off uh, when when he got hurt. So I like the Bills here, but I would like the Colts if it got over seven. The over under here fifty. I maybe again, you know, this is in Buffalo. We can do the early. Uh, we can do the early look ahead on the weather just to spot it. It oh my goodness. Ooh, yeah. Bet the no. sun now. 48, uh, 48, high, a higher 48 next Sunday currently. And it looks like no matter what really happens, uh, it's just going to be cold as hell there. The looks like a 25% chance of rain throughout the day and up to 15 miles an hour wind throughout the course of the day, 10 plus mile an hour winds. This shouldn't bode well for if, if the Bills get a lead. They can blow out the Colts because Carson Wentz will be first to do Carson Wentz things, and the Bills' pass defense is elite. It's been turning people into basically like Sam Darnold all season long. So I, I like the Bills here. I, I think it'll probably drift back towards Indianapolis, but I bet that total comes dropping down pretty quickly. So if you like that under, which I do, I think you should probably bet it now. The Packers coming off a. Of shutout victory over the the Seahawks the first shutout loss in Russell Wilson's career minus two and a half at the Vikings with an over under a 49 and a half breach yeah I don't really read too much into that game because Russell Wilson just looked bad like the Jets probably could have shut out Russell Wilson okay maybe that's going too far but if Geno Smith had been in there I think yeah maybe the Seahawks scored seven points with Geno as their quarterback Russell Wilson just didn't look like he was ready to play. And that's what happens when you you miss three games and you're out four weeks. Uh, so so it's hard to know how much credit to give the Packers defense there. Uh, but when I look at this game, this is just so fascinating because every time I think about writing the Vikings off, they do something like go out and beat the Chargers. I picked them to beat the Chargers. The lone wolf at the website that picked them to beat the Chargers. And I really, really like the Vikings. Number one, you, Billy. number one. They're the only team in the NFL that has held a lead of at least seven points in every game they've played in this year. And it's kind of a mind-blowing stat if you think about it because, you know, there's they're four and five. This isn't an eight and one team or a seven and two team. And you look at their losses. They've got two overtime losses. They've got the, the Greg Joseph missed field goal against the Cardinals. Uh, if he makes that kick, that's a win. So you're talking about three games that could have easily gone the other way. And this team could easily be seven and two. 
Uh, and, you know, the last time these two teams played last season, Dalvin Cook, I think, went off for like 130 yards and the Vikings won. And that's going to have to be their game plan uh, if they're going to pull off an upset this week. And so I think I'm leaning Vikings to cover, maybe even pull off the upset. But you look at their five losses this year. All five losses come by an average of 3.6 points. So their games are close. I'm going to assume this one's going to be close. I'm taking the Vikings to cover. I will back Aaron Rodgers against the, the Vikings. I don't, I don't think, yeah, I just think Rodgers, I think Rodgers is kind of pissed off. And, you know, like, would it have been surprising to see him score 19 points in the first quarter on purpose? Like, just to, I mean, just to, like, that's a, um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm just saying, I think Rodgers is angry right now. I think he's mad about all the stuff that happened in the week he missed when he got, uh, when he, because of COVID and because of the vaccine situation and his immunization situation. He knows he's not going to miss any time and he doesn't have to test, I don't believe, until right like the day before the Super Bowl. I think Rodgers is going to go on sort of a, like kind of a, 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 a bender in terms of tossing passing touchdowns. Um, look, didn't have a monster day against the Seahawks, of course, but I Seattle played a pretty you know decent uh, defensive game. They were amped up for Russ's return. To your point, Russ just wasn't ready. This game could turn into a shootout. Kirk Cousins playing some good football. Wouldn't be entirely shocking if we saw a ton of points in this game. Um, that over could probably sneak up a little bit, but the Packers don't run a ton of plays. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. I don't think that spread will move a bunch. Cardinals are minus two at the Seahawks over under 50. I'll go ahead and tell you, Breach, if you can bet on this game, you should bet on the Seahawks. Home dogs with Russ coming off an embarrassing offer, goose egg, and we don't know if Kyler Murray is going to play. This line will be Seattle minus seven if Kyler Murray can't play. So if you can find Seahawks plus two at home against the Cardinals, I think you should take the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I do think, uh, I mean, this is all about how healthy Kyler Murray is going to be. He's obviously dealing with an ankle injury right now. He's missed two games. And that tells you that it's bad enough that he's not playing. So if he's not out there, this is not something that's magically going to heal this week. I think if they try to throw him out there, he's not going to be... 100%. And so uh, I will take a Russell Wilson as a home dog against uh, Kyler Murray, who's not going to be 100%. And we saw Russell battle some of that rust off, uh, you know, playing in freezing cold weather in Green Bay and snow. He gets home sweet home. Uh, and, you know, we don't even know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. There's just so many question marks. I think I lean Seahawks here, but I'm going to be keeping my eye on the injury report for this game the whole entire week because the Cardinals have so many names on it. Yeah. I mean, the, the bottom line is, if Hopkins and Kyler don't – the Colt McCoy thing against San Francisco, magical, fun, amazing. But we saw what happened when Colt McCoy, you know, like you can scheme it up for one week. It ain't going to last forever. I mean, the, right. the Panthers absolutely stone cold. Colt McCoy would have been a starting quarterback for the past 10 years if you could make that work forever. Correct. Ex exactly right. So, if again, if you can find the Seahawks plus points, take it. I would guess that this line is probably not widely available to the general betting public until – um, you know, until we find out what is going to happen with Kyler. But certainly if you're into picks pool, et cetera, you would want to, uh, you would want to, you know, lock in on the Seahawks as a possible selection. If, again, if Kyler Murray does not play, just something to think about moving forward. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, 
and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Bengals are at the Raiders, and it's a pick em. Over, under 48 and a half. Of course, we record this uh, at halftime of Sunday Night Football. We don't know. Oh, look at Breach over his left shoulder has the Bengals and the Raiders helmets. We don't know at the time of this recording if the Chiefs won or lost. I don't think it'll affect the game that much. But if the Raiders beat the Chiefs, then this probably shades closer to Raiders minus three at home against the the Bengals. And by the way, this game also on CBS over under 48 and a half. Um, This is a huge game for AFC playoff positioning. Which way do you lean here, Breach? Well, it's not just a huge game. This, th- I would say this is my favorite game of the entire week. I mean, this is, we're talking about two teams that have surprised everyone this year. And the winner is going to have a giant foot forward uh, towards playoff positioning, as you mentioned. And, and so I, I think it's a fascinating matchup because it's basically two upstarts. You have Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense. You have Derek Carr and the Raiders offense. I just like Cincinnati a little bit more. I think they're a slightly more well-rounded team. And when you look at what the Raiders' weakness has kind of been this year, it's stopping the run. I think they're giving you more, giving up more than 130 yards per game on the ground, which is ranked bottom of the NFL. Uh, and so I think the you know the Bengals are going to be coming off a bye. They have a lot of time to think about their game plan for this game. They know it's a big game. Uh, you feed Joe Mixon, you feed Joe Mixon, and then boom. Burrow beat you somehow. So, uh, you know, right now it's the pick them. And as you said, if the Raiders win, I don't know, get up to three. I think like two and a half. It will stay right under the three mark for the same reason the other games won't go up to seven. Um, and also, I will say, this is unofficially the breach bowl because my dad played for the Raiders oh. and the Bengals. I don't know who to pick here, but I'm going to take Cincinnati. Since his uh, defense has, has dropped off significantly, by the way, since it was a top five unit by DVOA, they're now uh, the 18th ranked defense, 18th against the pass. It's, I mean, frankly, 13th against a run. Um, the, I, I could kind of see this game being a shootout, but I also feel like both of these teams might be inclined to sort of play it, to slow play it. 48 and a half, probably lean over i don't think it'll shoot up or anything like that again if you can get you know if you get raiders as a pick them i probably take that game, the game screams 27 24 i don't know who you pick whatever side you want to that, that gets you slightly over yeah like i would like the Bengals if they're catching three i'm probably taking the raiders if it's a pick them and i agree with you i think that that 27 24 what a great call we're gonna have to oh, yeah. clip that and save it in case that, <laughs> that actually that's a, the actual score uh, I, I I dig that. I think the total could climb a little bit. 48 and a half seems a bit low, although the Bengals have kind of dialed back their pace a bit in the past few weeks. So we'll see how that sort of unfolds. If they are indeed going to be more plotting and want to, you know, reduce the hits on Burrow, et cetera, then this game could certainly uh, not end up going over the total. One game that will be heavily wagered on the over Cowboys at the Chiefs. Ooh, la, la. Chiefs minus two and a half right now over under 53 and a half. Frankly, that total seems a little low, but I thought that would get Cowboys chargers and that, that game went way under uh, the Cowboys Falcons went way under, but the chiefs will have more answers. And in the first half against the Raiders breach looked a lot sharper on offense. Yeah. Hey, look at this game, Brenton. It's my Super Bowl prediction from last year. Yeah. Uh, and then Dak got injured and that backfired in my face. But this could be a Super Bowl preview for this year because both these teams are good. When I look at this game, look, for me, this one feels pretty simple. 
If you could pick right now between the Chiefs offense and the Cowboys offense, I think you would take the Cowboys offense. I think they're playing slightly better right now. I think the Cowboys defense is playing slightly better right now. I think the Cowboys everything is slightly better right now. I'm shocked that the Cowboys are even underdogs because I don't know where the Chiefs are better as of this second. Uh, The Cowboys have just looked good. I mean, didn't look right against Denver. But besides that, that was kind of their reality check. Crash back to earth. Boom, you blow out the Falcons. I think they are going to show up, put up some big numbers against the Chiefs. Uh, and I like them to uh, pull the upset, not just cover. I think I think they win the game. Sorry, I myself muted. The only problem with the uh, over here is that the, the I could see a situation where the Cowboys pound the football with Zeke Elliott and slow the clock down. I kind of think Andy Reid wants to do that with Daryl Williams, and they could be getting Clyde over to layer back here too. So we could see a bunch of running the football in this game. Maybe that pushes the total down, uh, but I would have I would be terrified to get in front of, of, of this over. Because, I mean, this, like very quickly we could see points on the board, and if the Chiefs and Cowboys coach, this will be the, the most popular by far uh, game in terms of DFS uh, DFS picks for for this coming week in week 11. I would probably lean towards the Chiefs minus two and a half. I would probably lean towards the Cowboys plus three and a half. If the Chiefs lose to the Raiders, I bet this gets closer to a pick. So if you like the Cowboys, you would probably want to bet on them now. They just sort of had a, a fluke bad game against the Broncos, I think. This is an elite team in Dallas, and the defense showed up in a big way in the Dan Quinn Revenge Bowl. Steelers at the Chargers. Is this the Melvin Ingram bowl chargers minus three and a half over under 48 and a half. We have to assume that Ben Roethlisberger will be back for this game. The chargers took a tough L against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. The Steelers took a tougher L and they didn't even lose. They tied to the lions because that's worse than losing Do the Steelers bounce back in this spot on the road against Los Angeles. I don't know how you bounce back from a tie to the lions. I mean, that's, that is a loss that might as well be a loss. That's as ugly as it gets. Uh, you know, this game is interesting. For one, I don't think we're ever going to hear Steelers fans complain about Ben Roethlisberger ever again because they love complaining about him, but now they've seen what a whole game of Mason Rudolph looks like <laughs> against Detroit. Uh, they're going to be begging Ben to get back in there so that Mason Rudolph doesn't have to take another step the rest of the season. I think one injury to watch, we know Ben will likely be back off the COVID list, but TJ Watt, he got banged up. Uh, a knee injury and a hip injury. We don't know if that's something that could keep him out in week 11, but if it is, that is a huge loss. And and, and then you talk about the chargers, you know, you use, if, if the Steelers lose a huge part of their pass rush, Justin Herbert's going to sit back there and throw for 300 yards. Um, and, and you know, the other thing about the Steelers is historically they are terrible on the West coast. I think they're two and six all time under Mike Tomlin. They just lose inexplicable games that make no sense. Almost like tying the lions. Uh, so right now, I like the Chargers to cover the three and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, this is a tough one. The The Chargers are, I, I think I like the Steelers here. The The, the Lions game is going to throw everybody off this scent, and people are going to be, like, emphatically excited about picking against Big Ben and, and Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Um, ben does get a week of rest. Maybe he's sort of, you know, I think he'll be, I think he'll come back kind of, you know, feeling like they, they just tied the Lions. They do this every year. And Ryan Wilson's been pointing this out for years. They do this every single year. They lay an egg of some kind against a terrible team. And 
The Chargers are horrendous against the run. And the one thing the Steelers can do pretty well is pound Najee Harris at the middle. So I think a huge game coming from Najee Harris in this spot. I like the uh, the Chargers to uh, find a way. I mean, excuse me, I like the Steelers to find a way to steal a win. Plus, uh, Steelers fans travel very well. Los Angeles, we'll see uh, who will, like, I'm trying to think of famous Steelers fans. Pittsburgh West. Our pal Dave Dave Damashek, Sheck will be going to that game, I'm sure. Lots of Steelers fans will be out there. So I, I think it'll be kind of a home game for Pittsburgh. I remember, remember what the soccer stadium looked like when the Steelers played there? It was a tough scene for that Rivers team. It'll be tough for Justin Herbert as well. I will take the Steelers in an upset here. And I think that if you can get three and a half, you should take it now. Also like the under in the spot as well. 48 and a half. I bet that comes out of 46 or so. Giants at the Bucks. Final game that we'll look at. Bucks minus 11 and a half over under 51. Oh man, this one, this one scares me. You know, it's funny, Brinson. We've talked about seven games so far and we've disagreed on four of them, which I think might be a new record that this is we're, we're not on the same page anymore. All of a sudden you have this run of success and you just leave me in the dust. It's like, you don't even know me. We're at the barn. You pretend you don't even know my name. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, when I look at this game, the Bucks getting 11 and a half just seems absurd. They are banged up right now. Gronk's out. Antonio Brown's out. We saw what that meant against Washington. They have a tough time scoring points. They couldn't move the ball, even though, uh, Washington didn't have Chase Young for half the game. Montez Sweat didn't even play. They, were, they had zero pass rush, and, and Tampa Bay still could not move the ball. I don't think that's going to change. They're magically going to put up 40 points against the Giants. Uh, so I just have, just because of how many injuries they have, I have a tough time seeing them cover a double-digit point spread. And you know what? Last year, these two teams played on Monday Night Football, one of the craziest games of the year. The Buccaneers ended up winning by two. I think we're going to see another tight one. Uh, I think the Giants cover but the Bucs probably win. 11 and a half is a lot. Now, I will point out this game is Monday Night Football. So yes. Tom Brady in primetime. What's Tom Brady's record in primetime against the spread? Uh, not good since he's been playing for the Buccaneers. That's right, because he's an old man who lives in Florida, and he wants to retire, and he can't stay up late at night. Cannot. I, 11 and a half is a ton on Monday Night Football. My concern, I mean, I think if you like the Giants, you probably take it now, because I, I don't think it's going to be shooting up, because the Bucs aren't going to magically get healthier. But the one concern I have is that Tom Brady coming off a loss might be angry. On the other hand, he was coming off a loss coming into this game on Sunday against Washington after losing the Saints on the road um, and, and still found a and way. had a bye week to think about that loss. Exactly. It had a bye week to think about that loss and still didn't pull it off. Both of their losses, by the way, at New Orleans, or all three of their losses on the road. They've been very good at home, undefeated so far, and are hanging digits on people. Uh, 31-29 against the Cowboys, 48-25 against the Falcons, 45-17 against the Dolphins, 38-3 against the Bears so far at home. I'll lean towards the, the Bucks, but it's a little nerve-wracking um, and probably take the over there because I think Danny Dimes will throw a bunch and we'll see a ton of points. All right, Breach, seven games, 25 minutes, incredible content. You pump for some week 11 and the further destruction of Ryan Wilson's lead in the picks pool? Let's go. Let's win some money. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hit that like button. Leave your favorite bet in the comments. Love you guys later.